0: How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings how to set up your playoffs how to determine draft order how to determine rookie auction values things like that stuff that commissioners might be interested in like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps we also answer commissioner questions so if you're interested in that kind of thing check us out it's a pretty good listen
1: You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season.
0: Welcome to yet another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan Myler, and with me this week is my good friend Ryan McDowell. Ryan, we are without Matt. I was never told by the powers that be at DLF that we could take vacations, but apparently we can uh, I hope so. Matt's Matt's out this week.
1: I'm actually going to be out next week. So, Dan, you need a vacation.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. well, I was told I got to be here or I can't be here anymore. So, so I'm going to keep checking in. I'll keep punching that time clock and keeping things going here at the podcast. This week, Ryan, since Matt's not with us, we didn't want to cover anything too hard-hitting, but we wanted to talk about a whole bunch of players in the hour or so that we have. So uh, the format for this week's podcast will be buys and sells. Based on what has happened in free agency, what we see coming up in the NFL draft, needs, uh, mock drafts that we've seen, all that good stuff will factor into a few decisions. So dynasty owners out there that are thinking, man, things from free agency is exciting. What should I be doing with my dynasty team? Should I be buying guys, selling guys? We're going to give some of our opinions on a lot of these players. We'll go division by division and cover as many players we can in the time that we have. So let's get right into it, Ryan. We're going to start in the NFC West uh, and work our way to the East Coast. We'll start on the NFC. So in that Western division, uh, who do you see as your buy? Who's a guy that you want to add to your dynasty teams right now and why? Uh,
1: one player in the NFC West that I, I'm really feeling like is just being undervalued coming off by far his best career season uh, is Robert Woods. They're the, uh, the receiver with the Rams. Uh, we know the Rams. Sean McVay came in and turned them into one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, I think they were actually ended up as the highest scoring offense in the league. Woods was a big part of that. They did lose Sammy Watkins in free agency. Maybe we'll talk about him later. Although Watkins was a, a bit of a disappointment maybe for fantasy owners, he uh, he scored a ton of touchdowns for that team. His loss, his departure opens up some touchdown opportunity for Woods, for Cooper Cup, some of
0: the other guys there. And, and it seems like you can maybe buy Woods for an early second round pick. Yeah, he was one of the names that I wrote down. In fact, I wrote down... Four or five names in in the division because it's it's stacked with buys. If you ask me, Cooper Cup, his teammate is another one. I, I think he his targets are gonna slowly increase. The only problem with Cup is that ev- he's so young that everybody is still buying him. So so Woods was was second on my list among the NFC West buys. Uh, agree with you wholeheartedly there, and for all the reasons you mentioned, my guy is gonna be another receiver from the division, and that's Pierre Garcon as all dynasty owners out there do. I, I really liked what i see seen on a Jimmy Graham, or Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Garoppolo, Packer fan, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo last season at the end of the year, and I think that veteran presence at wide receiver, those two will hook up regularly. I could see Garcon having a career year with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing him the football. I really like again, like everybody else, really like what the 49ers are putting together. And I know a lot of dynasty owners might be thinking, wow, that's that's a prime landing spot for a rookie wide receiver. And I agree 100% that it is. And it would be one of my favorite landing spots for one of the top receivers in this draft. However, I feel like at least in the short term, Garoppolo needs that that safety of, of the veteran presence, and Garcon will offer that. He'll be the wide receiver one in 2018 and maybe even 2019, which leads to my sell. And this one might surprise some of you because I, I just mentioned his teammate Garcon as the buy and that's Marquise Goodwin. And, and, and the reason is the same reason, to be honest with you. I really think they're going to add a wide receiver. I think they're going to add a young guy with, with talent and uh, potentially that red zone threat. And that, or or that deep threat, and that might take away from Marquise Goodwin. So while there are a lot of people out there buying him, and he is cheap, I don't mind having him on a roster if you can get him cheap enough. However, if somebody's really excited about Goodwin and the potential for him to get down the field in that 49ers offense before the draft, I'd be willing to sell him if, the, if they're willing to pay the price. How about you, Ryan?
1: Yeah, as far as my sell, um, this is a tough one. I, I honestly didn't didn't see a bunch of guys from this division jumping out to me, but if I was was forced to pick one, I'm gonna, I'm looking at Doug Baldwin, uh, Seattle Seahawks. This has not been a great offseason for them. They knew at some point they had to retool, especially on the defense. They've lost a ton of the guys that made them contenders over the past few years, including Jimmy Graham, who you just mentioned now, ready to suit up for your, your Green Bay Packers. So Baldwin's going to be... Certainly, the focal point of that offense, I would think, but but I'm still I'm still just a, a little bit nervous about the offense, about the team in general, clearly going in the wrong direction. And other than Russell Wilson, I'm almost to the point where I, I just want no part of that offense. He's still being valued as a as a third or fourth round startup pick, and if I could pivot to another player in that range who's who's younger has some
0: more uh more years ahead of them that that would be a move i would make i i think sitting on the other side of that fence dynasty owners might say yeah but he's the only show in town who else is russell wilson gonna throw the football to um i i, I feel that way a little bit russell wilson's a heck of a quarterback and he's gonna get his guy the ball and if, if there's a guy that's his guy on the roster it's baldwin However, I I have to agree with you at least to some extent that it's worrisome what's going on there in Seattle. The the second guy on my list was Chris Carson uh, sticking with the Seahawks. Same reasons you mentioned. I feel like they have to add a running back, and I don't know if I trust that Seahawks uh, coaching staff to really focus in, hone in on one running back and Carson—is he really that talented to be to be that number one guy full time or anything like that? I do think Baldwin is an interesting one for sure, though.
1: Yeah, the thing with—I I like the Carson call a lot as well. I'm I'm not really trusting him yet as uh, as the starter there. But the thing with Baldwin, it comes down to price for me. You mentioned Garcon and that he's he's likely to lead that team in targets, and, and because of that, you like him as a buy. I agree. But the, the difference in cost between those two veterans is, is huge. And there'll be a couple other players that I talk about later that are, are likely veterans that are likely to lead their team in targets, see plenty of opportunity. I consider those guys buys, but it's, it's all about the price. So if Baldwin still costs a third or fourth round pick, if I can trade him at that value, then I would do that.
0: Yeah. Good point for sure. One uh, other guy I wanted to mention and get your thoughts before we leave the NFC West is, is another 49er, Jarek McKinnon. I think dynasty owners all over the place. You're, if you've pulled 10, 10 dynasty owners, you might get five different responses, whether he's a buy or a sell that contract that he got with the 49ers suggests they're willing to give him the football and give him the football regularly. However, what we saw in Minnesota did not show us a full-time 20 touch per game tailback. Are you buying or selling McKinnon, Ryan?
1: This one this one is a tough one for sure. First of all, McKinnon's not a player that I've ever really been a, a big fan of, but as I've as I've thought about that over the past couple of weeks since he did sign that deal, I think that goes back to Early in his career, when he had a chance to be the starter, Adrian Peterson was out for the season with with that injury, uh, and and McKinnon really struggled. Matt Asiata ended up taking over that job. It all goes back to that, but, I mean, that was McKinnon's first or second year, and and that offense was not what the Vikings' offense is now. So I'm trying to not hold that against him at this point. The contract, what we've seen from Shanahan offenses, all of those things – make McKinnon look like a buy. I I think this one is really league dependent. I I think you could find some people who think he's worth one, two, one, three, one, four. If that's the, if that's the case, I would be selling at that cost. If I can somehow buy him for a a back half of the end first round pick, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, I would gladly do that. So this one is really league dependent or, or even owner dependent with McKinnon.
0: It's, it's crazy that McKinnon, or any name really, could be on both lists. But we're going to see that as we go through this exercise. Just because, it, it, like you said, value, it's value dependent. And if you can get somebody to overpay for a player such as McKinnon, you're going to sell. But if you can get him for cheap enough, he's not a bad guy to have on your roster. Let's move over to the NFC North, Ryan. Who do you got for a buy over there?
1: I've got a couple of Bears. I'm, I'm pretty excited about the Bears' offense. I think probably everybody is. They've really made a ton of moves this offseason, starting with the new coaching staff, uh, Matt Nagy coming in from, uh, from Kansas City and, and bringing his offensive philosophy, which the Bears clearly needed an overhaul in that department. And, uh, of course, through free agency, they brought in Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel, along with the tight end Trey Burton. So uh, I love the changes they've, they've made there. My buy would be one of their running backs, Tariq Cohen. Really excited to see him as well. I think with John Fox, John Fox gone, he could see uh, an increased role this season. And, and then if I were, were going to pick another one, especially in
0: super flex leagues, it would be their quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh my gosh, you stole my thunder completely. I had Trubisky starred and circled. Uh we're sharing a brain on this one. It's all about that Chicago offense. I love what they did as well. Just echoing what you said that I I'm, I'm a fan of Trey Burton. I think he's He's a seam stretcher that can really help a young quarterback. And Allen Robinson is going to make any quarterback better, especially a guy with the tools of Mitchell Trubisky. So Trubisky's the guy for me. And I would even stretch that a little bit. In single quarterback leagues, if you need that second quarterback on your roster, especially if it's a deep league, uh, I'd be looking to add him to rosters. He could be the guy that makes the jump into that quarterback one conversation in his second year. Other guys that I had written down uh, Jimmy Graham, of course, in Green Bay, if, if anybody attached to Aaron Rodgers is a guy I want on my teams. And and then maybe a dark horse uh, buy for me is Kenny Galladay. Uh, we haven't really talked about him a whole lot, uh, but... He's still got that upside and I know Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are still there, uh, but I, I really feel like maybe Galladay just needed that year of seasoning to become a more consistent guy and, and become a bigger part of that offense. Wouldn't be surprised if he takes the next step forward, so he's a guy to monitor and uh, maybe add if we, if we can in, in trades as the offseason progresses. As far as a sell for me, I'm going to stick with the Lions and, and just bring a group to my sell list, and that's going to be those running backs in Detroit. Uh, I know they added Lagarrett Blunt, and a lot of people may think that means they're not going to add a running back in the draft. I, I really don't believe that. I, I think there's a very good chance that one of those top five tailbacks in this draft class end up in Detroit and the trio of Amir Abdullah, LeGarrette Blunt, and Theo Riddick are looking up at, at the next star running back in Detroit. So um, they're thirsty for a, a big play making running back in Detroit and that that just scares me off of owning any of those guys. And I've been a fan of Blunt at times. Um, still am, really. I've been a fan of Amir Abdullah at times as well. Never really on the Theo Riddick train. But I, I'm falling off of all of them because I really feel like a, a young guy is going to be there. And by, by mid season, at least, that guy is going to be taking a bulk in the carries uh, in Detroit. What are your thoughts, Ryan?
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, mock drafts and things tying the Lions to Darius guys, so we'll we'll see if that works out specifically, or maybe they go a different direction later in the draft. Regardless, I agree with you. Uh, and I mean, the only hard thing, the only thing that might slow me down on selling those guys, is this you're simply not going to get very much for them. I mean, I think you could, you would be lucky to get a what maybe a late second for all three of them. So at that point, I'm probably just keeping Theo Riddick hoping he can catch some passes. Blunt can score some touchdowns and Abdullah gets cut and, and finds a new home. But in general, I would agree with you. I, I, I've i got a couple of cells and I don't think you're going to like either one of them, Dano. Uh, right. The first one is Kenny Galladay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I, I like Galladay's talent. I like what he flashed last year and in, in some limited opportunity, he had a, uh, had that injury that, Kept him out for uh, for a big chunk of the season, but when he was on the field, I was impressed. But honestly, looking at um, how he's being valued in our mock drafts or, or even in trades, checking out the the trade finder over at DLF, it, it seems like I, I just think he's being overvalued. So for me, he's he's almost a player I would try to sell right now and then buy back mid season at, at a lower price. Um, so it's this one is is strictly based on. Uh, his value, not, not an indication or, or anything like that about how I feel about him as a player. I I do like him. I, I am worried about specifically in 2018 being buried behind Jones and Tate. I don't think those guys are going anywhere for the next year, at least. So he's, he's clearly third in line for targets. Uh, at, at best in that offense. The other guy is Aaron Jones, Green Bay running back. the The Packers. I, I know you're a Jones supporter, at least I think you are. And uh, it seems like there are a lot of them out there, which is really why he made my list. Um, he's a player like Galladay who flashed when he had a chance last year. Uh, also had some trouble with injuries. He's got some competition in that backfield, obviously with Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, depending on how they use him. And, you know, maybe they move Montgomery to wide receiver and bring in bring in another rookie this season. Who knows how that's going to play out? But regardless, he is going to have some competition. And uh, again, really the same story as Galladay. I simply think he's being overvalued. I've seen people uh, giving late first round picks for him, which just seems crazy to me. So... That's what it's all about. If I can sell him for a first, I'm doing that uh, and avoiding the headache of figuring out what's, what's happening in that Green Bay backfield.
0: Yeah, if I had a second guy on my sell list, it was actually the other tailback or, or former rookie tailback, and that's Jamal Williams. So I, I've been a Jones supporter, and I still feel like of the two, that he is the most talented and, and the most likely to get uh, lion's share of the carries, if you will. So so I like Jones. I would never pay a first-round pick at this point for him. I, I'm, I'm nervous uh, as a dynasty owner, if I own either one of those tailbacks about what they're going to do uh, in the in, in the NFL draft, I, like Ryan said, I could see the Packers adding another guy there uh, and Montgomery moving back to wide receiver and things getting awfully dicey for, for dynasty owners as uh, as this offseason progresses. Let's move on to the NFC South, Ryan. Uh, this division was a little bit tougher to put together uh, for buys and sells, a lot of talent in this division for sure. Uh, I'm going to start on this one because you've taken my guy a couple of times and I don't want it to happen a third time. Uh, and, and my buy, I I know you're not going to take my guy this time. It's going to be Tevin Coleman and it has nothing to do with free agency, nothing to do with what the Falcons have done, uh, during the off season in 2017 and everything to do with that contract that, tevin coleman has i was a believer in coleman coming out of indiana and then when he landed in atlanta behind devonta freeman i you know everybody knew he would have to take a back seat for a while he's entering the final year of his contract i really feel like he has the potential to be a full-time tailback in the nfl and at this time next year we're going to be talking about where he lands in free agency i have a i have a sneaky suspicion that he's going to be the top free agent running back next year. And whatever team it might be that didn't find their running back this year or maybe has an aging guy a year from now, he lands there. And and dynasty owners everywhere are going to be smitten over Tevin Coleman. I'll be one of them. So if I can get ahead of that bandwagon a little bit and add Coleman now while he's sitting behind a a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber uh, tailback, I'm going to do that. Uh, Ryan, who's your buy in the NFC South?
1: That's a really good one. I like that. That that might be the first one. I, I've agreed with pretty much everything you've said so far in the show, but that's the one who that's really changing my mind already. I like the Tevin Coleman call, but that was not mine. Mine is OJ Howard, Tampa Bay tight end. Um I, honestly, I I just think it's the the concern with him has gone too far since the the Bucks re-signed Cameron Braight to that big deal, kind of like many of the contracts we've seen in recent years. The Brake contract is not, I don't know, not as big of a deal as as it first looked like or it first appeared. They can get out of that after a couple years pretty easily, and uh, I don't I don't think OJ Howard's going away. He's not. He's. He's as talented as, he, as we thought he was last year. He's still going to see the field plenty this year. And uh, his, his value, his price has dropped off a little bit since the Brait re-signing. So buying O.J. Howard at a discount, stashing him on my bench for a year
0: or so, if, if that's needed, that works for me. Yeah, he was second on my list. I, I thought he's an obvious. The other, the only other obvious one that I really liked was Howard, uh, and and for a lot of the same reasons. It'll be interesting what his ADP does from before the Cameron Bright signing to now next month when you when you do your uh, your mocks and and get that ADP information. If he starts sliding. Uh, savvy dynasty owners everywhere will be adding O.J. Howard to their rosters. I did want to get your thoughts on a couple of guys, however. Uh, both guys in Carolina. Tory Smith was added. What are your thoughts on that one, Ryan? And then also Christian McCaffrey with Jonathan Stewart moving on. Fozzie um, Whitaker and Cameron Artis-Payne are the only other tailbacks in Carolina. What are your thoughts on that? Are they going to add another running back, or is this going to be the Christian McCaffrey show in 2018 and beyond?
1: I think they've got to add another running back. I mean, it, as good of a player as McCaffrey was for fantasy owners last year and as good as he was as a receiver out of the backfield, uh he he was that bad as a as a ball carrier between the tackles. It was it was a real struggle for him as as many people have noted. While I do expect them to give him more opportunities to carry the ball this season, I don't think they can go into the season expecting him to be the every down back. So uh, I I was surprised they weren't more active in free agency. I'm not not exactly sure what their uh, cap situation is like. So maybe that maybe that forced their hand and uh, pushed them to the draft instead. But I, I certainly think they'll be adding a rookie running back and and maybe one who's uh, who has the size the frame to to be a first and second down back. And I think we'll we'll see. Uh, not exactly what we saw last year with Stuart McCaffrey, but pretty close to a repeat. Uh, as far as Torrey Smith, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to be excited about him at this point in his career. The, the Panthers were clearly desperate for wide receiver help. Uh, I, I still think Funchess is the guy there. Greg Olson and McCaffrey will will see their targets as well. So uh, Torrey Smith, is he's a fine guy to draft really late in, in an MFL 10, a best ball league but other than that i'm i'm not too excited about his
0: his uh, outlook there in carolina yeah mccaffrey's adp is is going to continue to rise with all this news that that he's the guy and and people are awfully excited about about his upside and his potential to handle the ball even more than he did as a rookie. I'm I'm nervous to say the least and and I I kind of tilt towards the sell side when it comes to McCaffrey, uh, especially if you got somebody really overzealous and wanting to overpay. If I had a buy, or excuse me, if I had a sell that I had to be pegged to in this division, it would be Austin Hooper, the tight end with Atlanta. And that's only because I really feel like they've seen what they needed to see from him. And, and I don't think they see him as a as a top 12 type tight end in the league, a guy that they're going to force the ball to or, or use regularly as a pass catcher. I could see them adding another option at the position in the draft. And if there's somebody out there in my league that that still sees that upside with Hooper, I'm willing to sell and buy in on the next guy that lands in Atlanta. How about you, Ryan? Yeah,
1: I agree with the Hooper call. I think his his value is trending down pretty quickly. They were rumored to be uh, in on a couple of the free agent wide res- um, free agent tight ends, excuse me, and, and didn't end up landing any of those. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if they added uh, one of the top four or five tight ends in the draft, and then that that would further cement Hooper's value. So maybe maybe now is the time to get out. Uh, I had a hard time identifying a player to sell in this, uh, in this division as well. And I, I went back to the Doug Baldwin mentality. So I, I would go with Julio Jones, um, still clearly an elite talent and elite scorer. his value. We've seen it starting to fall. His, his ADP has fallen into that second round range. So if I can pivot again to one of the younger options, that's also in that range, Devonte Adams, uh, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, uh, to me I just call that buying years. So if if you can buy years back with a similar player, a uh, similar production, all things all things being even, then that would be a move I would I would make there. So selling, you know, I don't think it's a desperation play that you've got to get Julio Jones off your team especially if you're a contender. But again, moving him for one of those one of those top young receivers would be a, a move to consider.
0: Yeah, I I thought long and hard about making Julio the guy for for me, uh, and that's interesting that you mentioned those names. I actually saw him flipped directly for Devonta Ad, Devonte Adams uh, straight up in a in a league, and I thought that was a brilliant trade by the Adam or by the Julio owner to to like you said buy years and get a little bit younger at the position. Uh, and and then buy into Aaron Rodgers as well while while you're at it. So Jones is a guy worth considering as a sell, but certainly worth considering as a buy for those contenders uh, out there as well. Let's go to the NFC East, Ryan. Who you got over there as a buy?
1: This one was pretty ugly too. Um, I'm going to go with Chris Thompson, who also had a breakout season last year, had that injury that derailed that. The Redskins haven't really made any moves at the running back position. They did bring in – wide receiver, Paul Richardson, but they also, um, they also had the quarterback change. So lots of change there, but haven't addressed the running back. I, I guess they're going to go in with, with P Ryan Thompson and, and Rob Kelly. And, uh, when I look at that backfield, Thompson's clearly the guy I want.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a nice call right there for sure. I like it. A good one that I agree with. I, I had a lot of trouble as well. It, it's a interesting division the more I stared at it, the more one name popped out at me. And it's going to sound silly, but it's Carson Wentz for me. He, he's so good. And I'm not necessarily saying we, we need to buy him or, or pay what he's worth or what whatever it is, but but it's time to buy him as the number one quarterback in our game. You know, there's there's people that are hesitant and, and yeah, I'll get him into my top five. Uh, and I was that guy for a while. And considering age, the offense he plays in the coaching staff he's with and the weapons he has when you when you add that to his athletic ability the running and the scores he gets you on the ground he he's the best quarterback in in the game the guy i want more than anybody else so i, I i'm i'm gonna buy carson wentz but i'm gonna buy him as my number one quarterback
1: yeah i like that um I talked earlier about being concerned about the Seahawks and and there's another team I'll talk about soon when we move over to the AFC that they're just teams you almost want no part of. The Eagles are the complete opposite of that. You mentioned their weapons and uh, their coaching staff, but but even... uh, even their front office just they can't they can't seem to make a bad move over these past 2 or 3 years and uh that's a pretty good feeling for for dynasty owners you feel good about investing in in players on teams like that and and those teams are so rare but that's that's why you hear every free agent every every player that might be available that's why you hear them for the past 10 years being linked to the patriots because once a, once a player lands on the Patriots, their value skyrockets almost regardless of who that player is or what that position is. Because we feel good about Bill Belichick. We feel good about that front office that has made so many great decisions over the past 10 or 15 years. And the Eagles don't have that, that level of, of track record yet. But uh, what we've seen the past couple of years is certainly encouraging.
0: Yeah, maybe they're on the cusp of something like that. I, I know that there's names that have been attached to the Eagles over the last year or so that usually aren't real high on my list. Um, guys that are on the roster right now, Jay Ajayi, never been a really big fan. Alshon Jeffrey, I was never willing to put him all the way up as, as high as other Dynasty rankers uh, with, with his ranking. And now those guys have crept up, and it's because they're attached to that that quality um franchise and specifically that quarterback that I can't get enough of I've said all the time I want every piece of Aaron Rodgers I can whether it's a pass catcher or himself I think Carson Wentz is the same way I want guys that are catching footballs from Carson Wentz on my team and although that's all Sean Jeffrey and I've never been a huge fan of him if that's what's there I'm, I'm fine having him on my team going forward let's talk about ourselves in the NFC East Ryan I I, it's interesting that you put Thompson as your buy because my sell is Samaj P Ryan, and I just don't see him. and And many out there, if you if you look at mock drafts and if you read the news that hits Roto World every day, uh, are are concerned about P Ryan's uh, place on this roster or, or in this offense. I'm one of those as well. I think there's room for another thumper running back first and second down guy and if Washington pulls the trigger on a guy in the draft Samaj P. Ryan is going to go the way of Rob Kelly and move down that down that depth chart and we won't see a whole lot more of him so if I'm selling anybody in this division it's probably P. Ryan.
1: This is another one we agree on. I actually had P. Ryan as my cell also, and I realize his value is way down from what it was last year at this time as he uh, as he entered the league. And although I was never a fan, it sounds like you, you weren't either. Uh, he did have – he did have some strong supporters, especially when he once he landed in Washington, which looked like a great spot for any rookie running back to get get an immediate opportunity. He he just wasn't able to really do anything with that. So, uh, P Ryan, I, I said earlier, Julio was not a desperation sell. P Ryan is a desperation sell. Take whatever you can get. Take an early third rounder. It's fine. Just get him off your roster. Uh, the other the player I almost. Listed there as a cell was Jay Ajayi, but all, all that positive news and that, that conversation that, that we had about the Eagles really changed my mind. Ajayi is not a player I'm necessarily a fan of, but again, just being on that Eagles roster changes things at least a little bit and gives me a little more confidence in him.
0: Yeah, for sure. He he qualifies as that as well. Let's flip over to the AFC, Ryan. I'm I've been thinking about that AFC West ever since we came up with this idea to talk uh about buys and sells. And it's one of the most interesting ones to me because of the moves that have been made. We've seen quarterbacks flip, uh, new quarterback in Kansas City, new quarterback in Denver. The the wide receivers attached to those guys have, have had some changes. Um, Jordy Nelson moves over to the division as well. And then the Chargers are pretty much staying pat with what they have. Man, there's so many different ways to go for a buy here, Ryan. What's yours?
1: There really are. I'm, I'm going to go... Uh... I'm going to go with Demarius Thomas. I talked earlier about Baldwin and Julio Jones um as as those veterans that I was I, I wanted to get out of and pivot to an, another younger option. Demarius Thomas is is the opposite. He's that veteran uh who continues to produce each and every year but his value is way down. Uh, you can get him at, at a major discount. I think you could probably buy him for a second round rookie pick. And if you're a contending team, that's exactly what you should do. They have, uh, they have upgraded the quarterback spot, regardless of what you think of Case Keenum. It, it should certainly be a lot better than it was uh, over the past year or two. And I'm excited to see what Thomas can do with, with that uh, quarterback change
0: totally stole my thunder again. Thomas was my guy. I would add uh Emmanuel Sanders to it slightly if he if he stays in Denver and and the more we see, the more it kind of feels like he will. Um I agree Case Keenum's a better quarterback. They upgraded there and he'll be able to get those guys the ball. So if I can add one of those Denver receivers, I'm going to do it in in a heartbeat, especially at the cost. So since you took uh, DT, I'm going to flip over and do another quarterback. Let's talk about Pat Mahomes just a little bit. I like the weapons there. I like everything that's going on. But the thing that probably put me over the top when it comes to Patrick Mahomes is an interview I heard with Travis Kelsey and how excited, you could hear it in his voice, how excited he was to play with Mahomes, that he pushes the ball down the field, and that it's not quite as much of that Alex Smith. with Without Kelsey saying, that, saying it, he said, with, we won't have Smith taking the dump off rather than throwing me open. He, he mentioned it multiple times. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes will throw you open. And I really like the way that sounds. A little bit of a gunslinger in Pat Mahomes. That wasn't the case in the past. And then when you put him with Kareem Hunt... Uh, Tyreek Hill. Now they have Sammy Watkins, who you can say what you want about him. That's an upgrade as their second receiver. And then Kelsey himself, he has weapons around him. He has a good offensive line and he's got feet. He can move around a little bit as well. So as far as dynasty owners and and dynasty value goes, we're running out of time for Pat Mahomes to be uh, not listed among those quarterback ones, I feel. So if there's a time to buy, it's probably this off season. Let's talk about some cells in this division, Ryan. I'm going to stick with that same team. It's kind of crazy that I, I, I like Mahomes but don't like one of his options. Sammy Watkins, I feel like, and this is another guy that I, I've never been really high on Sammy Watkins or at least since his rookie year. Uh, it feels like third team, is he ever going to really figure this out and be that even that consistent wide receiver too that dynasty owners want? Uh, while I like the other weapons around him, that's that's one of the things that hurts Sammy Watkins. He's obviously not the number one receiver. I'd, I'd, I'd venture to say he's not even the number two receiver with Hill and Travis Keltry, Kelsey. Is there enough footballs to go around with, with those two, Hunt and himself? So if there was a guy I'm selling in this, this division, it's going to be Watkins.
1: Yeah, I agree on the Sammy call. I think I think we could actually see his numbers look a lot like they did last year with the with the Rams when he didn't see a ton of targets he did have a lot of touchdowns you know maybe that was fluky maybe not but yeah but behind hill and and kelsey and then of course they they also like to use their running back as a receiver out of the backfield whether that's Hunt or one of uh one of the backups i think it's fair to be concerned about sammy watkins and and his dynasty value especially over the next year or two. Uh, for me this is this is another one of the entire teams I'm worried about. It's it's the Raiders. Um, we've we've talked about them before and of course some big changes at the top this offseason bringing in John Gruden as their new head coach. Really nothing we saw last year uh, sh- should be encouraging for that Raiders offense. Carr struggled, Lynch struggled. My guy Amari Cooper struggled. Uh, the one guy who had a had a solid season, Michael Crabtree. They dumped him and brought in Jordy Nelson. They also added Doug Martin, which honestly just doesn't make any sense if you're going to keep Lynch. So almost none of what they've done this year has has made sense to me as as a football fan or as a fantasy player, including the ridiculous contract they gave Gruden Uh, if he fails early they they have nowhere to go with that so this is this is almost a team I just want to avoid altogether I I do still uh, I love Cooper as the dynasty asset but but I've got I've got some real concerns about that team
0: yeah I have the same concerns and we've talked about it in the past I'm a Jordy Nelson guy through and through and I even bought him in a league recently because he was so darn cheap but he's not a guy you can count on. And I'm not sure there's a guy on that roster that you can count on even Amari Cooper. And he's proven that in the past, but we'll see what happens there. Let's go to the AFC North Ryan. Who are you buying over there?
1: Uh, It's the player I just mentioned, Michael Crabtree. Um, I know we have said that the Ravens offense is not one you, you get excited about and that's true, but it is, it is an offense that throws the ball a ton and Crabtree is by far their best, best receiver on that roster. They also, uh, along with him, also brought in John Brown, uh, formerly of the Cardinals, who is certainly talented in his own right, but Crabtree, similar story to Damaris Thomas. He should easily lead that team in targets and, and put up some big numbers for the Ravens this year. And his price is still pretty cheap in Dynasty.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of dynasty owners out there that say, oh, no, Baltimore, Joe Flacco, really? another veteran quarterback that's going to get his guy the ball. And, and his guy, he's not only the best receiver on the team, he's probably the best player on that offense. He, he's the he's certainly the most electrifying and, and the most consistent player among that offense. And while there should be fear of another Skill position player or two being added to that offense. That's not going to affect Michael Trab- Crabtree at all. He's on my list as well, so I will pivot um, and go to another guy that has nothing really to do with what has been done in free agency. At least, at least maybe not immediate. You know, uh, you don't you don't quickly think of what they've done in free agency. And my guy's going to be Joe Mixon. Um, the freshman season with the Bengals didn't necessarily go as planned for dynasty owners, um, but we've, but we've seen Jeremy Hill move on now. He's not in the way uh, only Giovanni Bernard still remaining. And maybe the one that the move that has gone under the radar for Cincinnati's, they added Cordy Glenn. They added it added to that offensive line. They, they, obviously realized that it was a problem and is something that they needed to address and he's a good one. So they're I I I really feel like they're gonna continue to address that problem. Um they probably need another offensive lineman, but it seems seems like Joe Mixon will have his opportunity to be the guy in Cincinnati. And I know his price tag is still high. Uh so making him a buy is maybe a little bit risky but he he's at the very least a hold for me, and I want to see what he's going to do in Cincinnati with an improved offensive line.
1: Yeah, I like that call as well. His price is still high, but if you look at the other the other running backs in that 2017 freshman uh, uh, rookie group, excuse me, he's he's basically the cheapest one now. Uh, Fournette, McCaffrey, Kamara, and Hunt, and I'm probably forgetting a couple all of those guys are going to cost you more than, than mixing. So I don't know if it's a case of him being forgotten or just a disappointing rookie season or what, but buying him at a discount, it might be a nice play that could really pay off.
0: Yeah, we talked about McCaffrey earlier, and if if the if I had McCaffrey and the Mixon owner was shopping, I would talk about that flip and see what else I could get in that deal, because McCaffrey's ADP is higher than Mixon's. And if you could add something that could help you out, that'd be a deal I'd be willing to make. The other guy that I thought was interesting, and we talked about a player that could be on both sides of the fence with Jarek McKinnon earlier, is Carlos Hyde, Ryan. What are your thoughts on him? Is he a buy or a sell? Because I think at this point in on the on the calendar he is the ultimate gamble in our game
1: he really is and and i agree he's he's probably on both sides of the fence right now because i, I do think even though the browns made the move to to bring him in there's still a, a legit concern out there that they could use that number 4 pick on saquon barkley or or maybe even the number 1 pick i think that's mostly gone now it, it looks like they're they're taking a quarterback at 1 but um, even after, um, I guess, making the commitment or at least discussing a commitment for keeping Duke Johnson long-term and, and then bringing in Hyde, uh, I don't think the the Barkley to Cleveland uh, hope is done. So because of that, that that really uh, puts Hyde's value in limbo. I, I wouldn't be buying at this point, honestly. He's He's another player that uh, I've never really been a fan of I've I've usually avoided in my leagues so if I did somehow have him on a roster I guess I would take this chance to sell although I'm not sure the the move to Cleveland has increased his value much
0: Yeah I don't think it has but you know I have a little bit of a gambler inside me in fact I spent spent a little time at the casino this past weekend and it seems like the kind of move that if I got if I got the right price, if somebody was shopping Hyde and was offering that discount, I'd be willing to see what happens. Only because uh, the discount could turn in such great rewards if they don't make a move there, and he, and he's that first and second town guy, and that offense takes the next step and and suddenly can score more than twenty points a game. So uh, he, when I saw his name, I put a star next to it, like. We have to talk about Carlos Hyde uh, because, he, he, like I said before, he's the ultimate gamble in Dynasty right now. As far as sells go, I'll stick with the Browns. My guy's Corey Coleman. This is a really obvious one for me. The addition of Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon already being there. uh I just don't think there's enough footballs to go around to all those receivers plus David and Joku. So while a lot of people are excited about Corey Coleman's speed and, and his ability to get vertical and, and, uh, that, that after the catchability, I just don't know if we're going to see that come to fruition over the next year or two with Landry there. They're going to add a young quarterback, and that guy's going to be glued to Gordon and, and Jarvis Landry, it feels like to me. So if there is somebody willing to still pay what Corey Coleman has been worth in the past, I'm going to s- punch the sell button on that one.
1: Yeah, that's a good call as well. Uh, he He was not mine, but he certainly could have been because he is a player I've... I've all but given up on. Honestly, he was a player I was moving this time last year uh, through his rookie season in 2016. He just kept having these nagging injuries through starting in training camp and all the way throughout the season, hamstring issues that just seemed to linger. And uh, I just wanted, I wanted him off my roster and, and sold him in a couple spots. Uh, but I would be continuing to do that if I still had him. My cell is actually Le'Veon Bell. We haven't talked too much about players at the at the top of the draft, and he's certainly one of those still in that top four running back group. He's a first-rounder, according to our ADP. The Steelers did put the franchise tag on him, which uh, basically locks him into Pittsburgh for another season. They also announced that they would continue to Negotiate a long-term contract, and then just this uh, this past weekend, they came back and announced that they were putting those talks on hold as they continue to work through free agency and prepare for the draft. Basically, um, moving that down their priority list. To me, that's not a surprise. I don't think they ever give him. The long-term contract he wants, I think there's a really good chance this is his last year in Pittsburgh. I certainly think he can be effective with other teams, and and maybe with any other team. But I don't think it would be like what we've seen uh, over the past three or four years when he's just been um, maybe the most dominant running back in the league. So uh, there's lots of talk about the injuries in the off-field and the the touches. You know, piling up, and all of those things, plus his uncertainty beyond 2018, make him a sell for me.
0: Yeah, I think I think our brother out there on vacation, Matt, is uh, is nodding his head somewhere right now because that's his sell as well. Whenever we talk about this, he he has the same hesitations when it comes to Bell, and I gotta say, I'm starting to buy in on it as well. He was listed on my list along with Alex Collins in Baltimore. Uh, as well. So let's move on to the AFC South, Ryan. My buy over there is going to be Austin Safarian Jenkins, and I think it might be a little bit risky, but I liked what I saw with the Jets. I liked I like what I read in the, in the updates. It seems like monthly or, or bi-monthly about ASJ on Roto World. Um, he's grown up. He's he, all, all Everything seems to be positive when it comes to Austin Safarian Jenkins and that reminds me of all that upside that we saw a few years ago when he was coming out in the draft and now attached I know to to Blake Bortles and that offense and maybe not as great of wide receiver core it, it, you know certainly not among the top 20 in the league with Marquise Lee being their top uh pass catcher and then the the trio of DD Westbrook and Dante Moncrief and Keelan Cole behind him there seems like there's going to be some footballs to catch in Jacksonville, and Austin Safarian Jenkins, especially around the goal line, could be that guy. So if if I could get my hands on him right now for a decent price and was in in need of a tight end, I think that's the first stop I'd make when looking for that that pass-catching tight end.
1: Yeah, I didn't have ASJ on my list, but he is certainly a player I root for. I've always liked the talent, and uh, and then recently over the past year just certainly cheering for him to to overcome his um, his addiction, and it, it seems like he's doing a good job of that. I'm sure that's, I don't know, that that's probably not something we can ever say he has beaten, but uh, he's certainly doing well to stay in the league and, and get this
0: new contract with the Jag- Jaguars. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if he was the number 11 tight end in scoring in in dynasty or in fantasy next year. And that's a, that's the kind of guy I'm going to try to buy if I need, need at the position.
1: Yeah. He's another, I don't think his value was really impacted by, by this move. So, you know, that maybe that offers up a buying chance for, for you and for others who believe in him also, uh, we talked about a couple of the divisions that were tough to identify a buy or a sell. For me, on both categories, this was this was the easiest one. I had multiple players listed as buys and sells. Uh, I'll, I'll run through those quickly. You talked about Keelan Cole. Uh, to me, he stands out in that kind of that muddy Jaguars uh, receiving core. I'm worried about Lee staying healthy. That's been something that's plagued him throughout his career. I'm just not sure Moncrief is is really that good. And uh, I also have, have concerns and doubts about D.D. Westbrook. So Cole stands out and his price is still cheap. I want him. Derek Henry, he went from probably my number one buy to, I'm sorry, my number one sell to maybe my number one buy with the addition of Dion Lewis. Uh, I think people are, are worried about him. So buying him at a discount is a move to make. And then this is kind of contingent on the NFL draft, but Marlon Mack, uh, looks like, at least right now, the number one running back in Indianapolis, they have to bring in somebody else. And it may even be Saquon Barkley, who we mentioned earlier, which would really decimate Mac's value. But barring Barkley landing there, I like Mac as a buy even after they add that rookie.
0: Yeah, Mac was was another one of those that I couldn't place on either one of these lists because he could fall on both of them. So I think that makes him a hold for me. I'm I'm not going to sell him because what if he has that role and I like the talent that we saw in his rookie season but also like you said if, if somebody else takes that job suddenly his and, and that guy's name is Barkley suddenly that value it just plummets. So uh, I also had Cole written down. I also had Andrew Luck written down as a p- potential buy. There there's a window still and we haven't had that great piece of news that has com- have has come out. I'm not sure if we're going to get that before the at least training camp, but if you're a gambler and you want to take your shot on on getting a top-end quarterback, particularly in a super flex league, maybe Luck, uh, that buying window that Luck offers right now is one to to take a look at. Moving on to the sells out of this division, I, I thought it was interesting that you had Henry as a buy. I actually had him on my sell list. He wasn't the guy I have circled and I want to talk about uh, necessarily, but I am a little bit concerned about Deion Lewis. I, I only see it as a part-time timeshare for Henry and maybe he's the 60% guy or maybe even the 65 or 70% guy, but he's certainly not the 100% guy or the 90% guy. And that, that gives me pause when it comes to Henry. Uh, I think there are people on both sides of the fence here, guys that want him and guys that want him off their rosters. So uh, he could probably qualify for both of these lists and that's why he'll fall on both sides, I guess. Yeah, Lewis
1: actually showed up on my sell list and he's probably the reason Henry is a buy for me because I just, I just don't trust Dion Lewis to stay healthy uh, as great as he was last year for the Patriots in, in almost every other season that he's played in the NFL, he's had uh, injury issues and, and in many cases, serious injury issues. So uh, I, I hope that's not the case, but I can't, I uh, can't help but think about that. And I would, I would certainly be selling Lewis and, if there's a discount on Henry buying Henry. Yeah. it's inter-
0: I had, I had three names on my sell list on this side and two of them were those two running backs, Henry and Lewis, just cause I can't figure it out. The third guy was Jack Doyle in Indianapolis. Uh, although I like him and, and think he's a good player. I am concerned with them adding Eric Ebron at how many ca- catches he'll actually, um, uh, make in that offense. It's, it's questionable that move with Ebron. They're they're obviously going to use him as a pass catcher because he's not an inline inline blocker. That makes Doyle the guy that's going to do a little bit more blocking, and that doesn't help us as as fantasy owners for sure. How about the AFC East, Ryan? This was an interesting one for me. I this was the one I had four or five names in every on, on both sides. Uh, you could probably pick a guy or two off of every team. It seemed like who's your buy? I'm going to go ahead and
1: start then because I only have one on each category. Okay. For for my buy, I've got Kenyon Drake. Uh, they they did bring in Frank Gore there to Miami. Uh, I love that for Drake because I don't think it's it's really much of a threat. I think there was a chance that they uh, brought in one of the bigger names in free agency or in the draft. And, and they certainly still could. I mean, Gore is is not long for the Dolphins, but I, I do think it helps solidify Drake's role and his dynasty value.
0: Yeah, that he was on my list as well. And he might have been on the other side had they not signed Gore because it felt like a place where one of those running backs could land. And now it doesn't feel that way as much anymore since they have the veteran to to take just a little bit of that workload away from Drake. So if I was buying a running back here, not named LaShawn McCoy, because he's always a buy despite his age, uh, it'd probably be Kenyon Drake. Uh, I agree with you there. I am going to not surprise anybody with my buy. And it's because of news that broke a week ago and then broke again a few days ago with Zay Jones the whole misdemeanor and all the felony charges and all that stuff. And then suddenly it was dropped. There were people jumping off the bandwagon as soon as they could get to the edge of that bandwagon. And I think that created a little bit of a buying window, even more than what's been. And I know Zay Jones didn't light up the scoreboard or, or wasn't even startable for dynasty owners a year ago, but I still believe in the talent and his price just went down a little bit more because of the news that broke. So Uh, While it might sound like a broken record because I've talked about him so many times, I am not going to pass another chance to talk about him. I'll take Zay Jones as my buy. I had a couple of Miami receivers on my list as well. Kenny Stills and Danny Amendola are interesting names, very cheap names. Um, I think most people would probably agree that that Devontae Parker is on the other side of this list and maybe maybe on the sell side. So there has to be somebody catching the ball in Miami. Stills and, and... and Danny Amendola are probably the the two most likely to fill that void. Maybe Albert Wilson. Uh, if you can identify who's going to catch passes in Miami, uh, I, I, I you should you should try to buy that guy because somebody has to. Before we move on to our Ryan, uh, any of those New England running backs qualify as a buy for you? Um, that's, that's seems like a conversation we have every. Off season, right? <laughs> right. Which one of these guys do we want? I, I couldn't find one that I did.
1: Absolutely, and I always seem to buy the wrong one. Uh, I've talked about it. I th- I think I talked about it on here or one one of those other podcasts. We get caught up in in this Patriots hype, and it, last year was the the best example or maybe the worst example, depending on how you look at it. With Mike Gillisley, and he went from being off dynasty rod, rosters and, and off the dynasty radar to being a top 100 dynasty player by the end of the off season, when literally uh, there was almost no football to go on other than, than some training camp action. Um, and I mean, looking back and, and I was caught up in that as well. I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not casting the blame anywhere else. That was just foolish. And I, I think what we need to do with the Patriots because they are going to use multiple running backs uh, not only throughout the season, but through every game. So I I think for me, I would just want to buy the cheapest one and, and take a, take a stab on that player. If, and if you're, unless you're just going to avoid the the situation altogether. So uh, they, they bring back Rex Burkhead, they bring in Jeremy Hill. Uh, There have been rumors that they're going to part ways with Gillis Lee, but they haven't done that yet. Uh, it, it looks like their death chart right now is Burkhead, White, Gillisley and Jeremy Hill. So Jeremy Hill would be the guy that I would consider a buy there um, and, and really just an add-off waiver wire. I'm not, I'm not really paying anything for him, but I view him as probably the cheapest, and that's the lesson I learned. That's the guy I want to go after in
0: New England. Yeah, I'm going to put all those guys on my sell list because I can't identify that. I'm not that good at this game, I guess. Uh, I can't figure it out, and I've decided to quit like a lot of Dynasty owners. So so I'll put them all on my sell list uh, along with one other player. But since you only had one and I have three other players, why don't you name yours first?
1: Yeah, it's somebody you mentioned already. It is Devontae Parker, and that, that probably feels like the layup choice at this point, but I, I did have, I had trouble in, in this division as well. I, nobody stood out to me as a, a sell. I mean, you can talk about Kelvin Benjamin and, and guys like that, but I'm, I'm not sure how much value is left there anyway. Uh, with Parker, I, I do think, I think his value may have gone up just a little with the, uh, with the loss of, uh, of Landry there. So, um, you know, maybe people are viewing him as, As their wide receiver one, which which he's certainly in line to do, but even with opportunity in the past, he hasn't done much with it. You talked about Wilson and and Amendola and Stills there. Wilson is the guy I would be taking a chance on. Uh, I I was really actually hoping Jakeem Grant would get a chance, but uh, as they... As they have brought in a couple of these slot-type wide receivers, I'm not sure if we'll see Grant much in 2018. So I would be buying or adding Albert Wilson off the waiver wire and selling Devontae Parker.
0: I'm not quite ready to sell Devonte Parker. I'm in. I'm still in a holding pattern, but that that's probably one little bit of one more news blurb away from swinging one way or, or the other. My sell is going to come from the Dolphins roster as well, but I'm going to point it more towards the superflex leagues, and that's with Ryan Tannehill. I you know he still has value in because he's a starting quarterback in in superflex. I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Miami is the dark horse first round landing spot for one of these quarterbacks. And if that were to happen, uh, Tannehill's value would, would plummet very quickly. So if I'm in a super flex league and he's my third quarterback, I'm, I'm, looking to get what I can out of him. Maybe a draft pick where I could add one of these rookies or, or a draft pick where I can package that with something else to get one of these rookies to make my third quarterback. So that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. I hope we covered all of your favorite players and all of your favorite buys or sells. If we didn't, you should hit us up on Twitter. The DLF Dynasty Podcast is at DLF Podcast. You can also So hit up Ryan at RyanMC23 and myself at DMyler22. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.